0: Hello and welcome to a Health Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Weil. There is some evidence, including in research published in Health Affairs, that healthcare prices are lower in markets where insurers have more negotiating power. But research on this important topic has been constrained by significant data limitations. New price transparency rules have opened the door to additional analysis of negotiated prices, allowing us to better understand what drives the prices providers are paid. Are health insurers with more market power able to negotiate lower prices for hospital services? That is the topic of today's episode of A Health Policy. I'm here with Anthony Lasasso, professor and chair of the Department of Economics at DePaul University. Dr. Lasasso and colleagues published a paper in the May 2023 issue of Health Affairs examining the effects of insurer market power on prices paid to hospitals. They found that larger insurer market share is associated with lower prices paid, with the differences quite significant. We'll discuss these findings in today's episode. Dr. Lasasso, welcome to the program. Thank you. Great to be here, Alan. Uh, This is a great topic of interest to many. Um, But before we get into the findings, I think it's important for our listeners to be familiar with a new source of data that enables this kind of analysis and others. Can you say a little bit about the Hospital Price Transparency Initiative? What data does it now make available and how does that help us answer questions that maybe we couldn't have answered before we had these data?
1: The Healthcare Price Transparency Initiative uh, started in the Trump administration and um, took effect January 2020, and all hospitals were required to report their actual contract rates between insurers for all of their services. So this is uh, a remarkable it's a remarkable thing. We can talk about it more, but uh, initially, I'll, I'll say that uh, hospitals were not super excited to uh, release this information. So it did take some time. It took a little bit of um, took a little prodding from uh, the Biden administration, I think, to get hospitals to actually uh, uh, do the follow- through necessary to put their information out there so that, Researchers
0: uh, like me and others can have access to this So negotiated prices have uh, been a well-kept secret and uh, neither the payer side nor the provider side was uh, Enthusiastic about sharing that and sometimes uh, barred from doing so, but here we have these new data Now you looked at variation across insurers, but before we even get to that dimension, when you just look at these negotiated prices for certain services, which uh, did you look at, and what did you see uh, with respect to variability?
1: Well, one of the things you you see that that just just hits you in the face is is just how much variation there is uh, in uh, in contract prices uh, across hospitals uh, and within hospitals. So hospitals are are receiving. Uh, Wildly different contract amounts from payers, and it's something that definitely comes out. Uh, and there have been some there have been some articles written about this in the popular press. Uh, we, as you mentioned, wanted to go a little bit deeper and kind of see how this related to uh, the insurer uh, market in in in
0: states. So just at the outset, I have to say, you know, we hear a lot about so-called uh, cost shifting. The economists don't. Uh, give a lot of credence to this hypothesis, but certainly when you run a hospital, um, you look at the lower levels of payment by Medicaid and Medicare and say you have to charge higher prices to commercial payers to offset those low rates. But what you're saying here is there isn't just sort of a higher price paid by commercial, there are a lot of different prices paid by different commercial payers. Is that how I understand this?
1: That's absolutely right. There's tremendous variation across across payers, uh, all, all you know, all on the private side here. So we're talking about different private insurers paying very different amounts for the same service uh, to the same hospital. It's really interesting, and, and kind of you know, trying to think about where do these, where does this variation come from? What's what's driving
0: that was really one of the motivating, one of the motivating factors for us as we uh, undertook this. So let's get into some of that motivation. Now, an obvious dimension, or I should say an important dimension, is that there's another entity sitting across the negotiating table from these hospitals, and it's the payer, the insurer. Um, And they bring certain uh, clout to that discussion in terms of how their decisions uh, to include the hospital in the network and Uh, what rates they're going to pay. It's a complicated transaction. So what did you find about the role of the insurer and their market power in these uh, prices?
1: I think to step back a moment, uh, one thing that is really important to note when we look at the the health insurance market is that It is very concentrated. Maybe that's not uh, a surprise to a lot of your uh, listeners and to health affairs readers, but fully a third of states have uh, the top insurer in the state with a market share in excess of 70%. It's very concentrated, uh, and, and I think maybe contrary to what some people think, it's predominantly dominated by the blues. Uh, so Blue Cross Blue Shield insurers are the top insurer. This is according to we didn't do this, but this is according to Kaiser Family Foundation information the the top insurer for 40 of 50 states are blues. Uh, and in many cases, it's it's quite enormous in at least a handful of cases. We're talking 90 plus percent of the large group uh, market um, is, uh, is a single insurer.
0: You know, I have seen in the local paper where I am sort of these, uh, these fights right at the end of the plan year about whether the local hospital is going to be included in the network of a particular large carrier that serves a lot of people in the area. So is that, uh, that concentration basically means that that carrier can decide whether or not a large number of people are going to get services at that hospital. that seems like a strong negotiating power but but the hospital has a lot of local uh, support and so they bring their own uh, negotiating power here. So how does this all play out? Yeah, so uh, no that's a great it's a great point and it and it is super complicated,
1: of course. I mean, you know you have basically as you alluded to, uh, the, this bilateral bargaining process that's going on, and it is, um, you know, each side taking their relative weight in their respective markets and saying, "You have to negotiate with us. You can't, you can't avoid us. You need us." And they're both saying that to each other. We, of course, don't get into all the nuance of, of how, that, how that bilateral bargaining process uh, works, because because that's above our pay grade here. <laughs> but, but you know, what we can say is that, yes, that in many markets, hospitals, hospital systems are going to command a significant amount of clout, to have a lot of market power themselves. And then sitting across from them are often going to be insurers who also have a lot of market power and clout. And so, so what we observe then is just the, the end result of that. And, and so how much lower are prices paid to hospitals in a market where the insurer is in the top tercile, so the top third, essentially, of, of market share uh, versus if that everything else was the same, but you were in a market where the insurer had a uh, Market share in the lowest tercile. and so what we see is that prices, on average, are about 15% lower in that instance. So the high market share associated with 15% lower prices for hospital
0: services. That's a huge difference.
1: <laughs> it is big. It's it's big, and but you know I I I struggle a little bit, and my co-authors as well on on well. Is it big? I don't know. If you're a hospital that has ninety, if, sorry, if you are a, an insurer that has ninety percent of the market, um, is is fifteen big? I, I I don't I don't actually know. I'm not sure what the benchmark that against, but it's certainly interesting. And, and you do see you do see variation across uh, type of hospital. It's a smaller difference for not for profits.
0: Uh, it's a considerably bigger difference for-profit for hospitals. So I'm really, uh, I appreciate the humility about whether 15 is uh, the right number, even if uh, we can agree that it's a lot of money. Uh, But let's talk about the implications of these findings and your last note about uh, hospital ownership. We'll dig into those topics in a little more detail after we take a short break. And we're back. I'm speaking with Dr. Anthony Lasasso about insurer market power and hospital prices. So right before the break, we learned that uh, the prices are 15% lower in uh, areas where the insurers are highly concentrated relative to less concentrated. And appropriately, when I said, that's a lot, you said, well, I don't know. And so I appre- it, this is an area where it's hard to go in with an assumption of what the right amount is, um, but it it's a difference that's certainly meaningful. Uh, and then you also mentioned that uh, the hospital ownership matters. Can you just say a little bit more about that just to refresh our minds? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So uh, if we're looking at not-for-profit hospitals, you see more like a 7% difference. Um, if you're looking at for-profit, we're talking close to 30, actually over 30% difference um, in the high-concentrated uh, insurance markets. So, so that's really big. It, it's probably, again, because we don't know what's happening um, in that uh, sausage-making process there of the bilateral negotiation I talked about. Um, but it could very well be picking up something like not-for-profit hospitals tend to be much larger than for-profit hospitals um, and and uh, there's likely some you know some considerable difference there in in the bargaining power uh, of the for-profits relative to the not-for-profits and and so 30 percent yeah that's that's big um, um, and 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 seven seven percent or so also pretty big uh, certainly not as big though
0: Yes, and I think what often happens when we have uh, new data and new findings is that uh, it is hard to know what our expectations should have been, but it gives us some a sense of the scale and and a background for some of the other work that might be done to go inside those negotiating rooms and try to get a sense of what's at play. Now, as a consumer, uh, I sit here and think, well, good for those big insurance companies. They're getting lower prices. We all complain that prices in healthcare are too high. Um, so I guess I should want bigger insurers. But you mentioned in the paper that it's a little more complicated than that. Can you say why?
1: Yeah, so on uh, the surface you might say, yeah, lower prices, that that's good. Um, yeah, those hospitals have it coming, right? <laughs> but uh, but no, uh, the real question I think is, um, what does the insurer do with uh, that that 15% uh, lower price that they pay? Do they, you know, if they are passing it on to you, the consumer, in the form of 15% lower premiums? Well, then yay that's that's a good uh, that's probably a good outcome but there's no there's no guarantee that that's happening Uh, and i also i also don't i can't sit here and assure you that it is happening because i don't know the answer to that question i think that's that's a great question for future researchers to 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 dig into uh it's something i would certainly like to look into uh and and it really you know it, it but it's it's easy to say well why, why would, if if you're a 90% market share insurer, why would you pass it on? I mean, it's not a competitive market. Uh, And uh, uh, so, so yeah, I do worry about that, that piece of it for sure.
0: Yeah, at least from an economic theory perspective, you'd say that the bigger the carrier is, the easier it is for them to retain some of that money and not pass it on to uh, people like you and me who want to buy insurance. So you kind of... uh, You get squeezed, maybe here with your the the hospitals getting squeezed on one end, and we're getting squeezed on the other. Uh, At least that's a possibility. I understand the data don't demonstrate that uh, with clarity. So um, look, these new data throw sort of the whole negotiating environment into a different state, and I acknowledge that the data are still new, they're imperfect, they're gaps, they're not all hospitals. There's all kinds of things we don't have here. But as you pointed out at the outset, there's a lot of resistance, particularly by the hospitals, to release these data. So as you think about what effect having the kind of information that you have been able to draw from these, uh, will, w- what kind of effect that will have as as these negotiations proceed, do you have any thoughts about that?
1: Yes, it is it is a great question. and and the implications of having having these negotiated prices out in the public, not, not only for people like you and I to see, but for other insurers to see, for other hospitals to see that you compete with in your market. That's complicated. And health economists have, um, uh, have, have thought about this for a number of years. Um, this is where Many health economists will improbably bring up Danish uh, cement markets, uh, which I knew you were dying to get into here on the health policy podcast, uh, because the wh- what am I talking about? Uh, there is there is research on um, on price disclosure, uh, but it's very rare because uh, it doesn't happen very much. But it just so happened that in the 90s, the Danish government uh, tried to improve competition in the uh, in, in the cement market uh, and and forced uh, these producers to disclose their prices. And then what happened was that prices rose 15 to 20 percent as everybody got a look at what their competitors were charging. And and so so a lot of people do worry that in this. Uh, in, in, in that, that some aspects of this Danish cement um, market study uh, could translate over into healthcare. And, and so I, I think that's something that people will be watching closely. Again, we only really have about a year or so of, of these price transparency data out there. I think people will be looking to see what happens. Um, in future years as 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 the data become more longitudinal in nature we start seeing how hospitals um respond how insurers respond um, I, I i think it's uh it really leads to a lot of super interesting questions
0: there yeah you know as long as i've been doing healthcare, which is a long time i've heard that uh, we need the markets to function better and markets need uh, information and prices are an important source of information all of that may be true Uh, But uh, negotiations are complex, and as you say, having these data uh, could potentially provide leverage for those who are trying to negotiate uh, higher prices, not just leverage to to reduce them, and we really don't know how that's going to play out. So as we come to our close here, um, we've both mentioned a number of times how new these data are. And how many questions they raise. I wonder if you could say a little about what's next on your uh, question list uh, to try to work with these and maybe other data to give us more understanding of how these markets function.
1: Well, I, I certainly already mentioned that. I, I think the real big question uh, is how do these price differences translate into premium differences? That's something I would, uh, 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 that I am looking into and would love to. Uh, continue to explore. Uh, I, I uh, am already really interested to see if, um, if if the data for individual hospitals can be can be put together for maybe for it might only be for the uh, early reporters and, and and to see if you could build uh, if one could build more of a longitudinal uh, data set that, that shows prices over time for the same procedures to the same payers uh so I, I think those are two areas that um i think are really interesting uh, uh for me personally um I, you know i i i think it's you know i i guess the question back to you know you raised it around well can consumers benefit from this um certainly not in the form that they take now the hospitals put a, a, a lot of huge files very difficult too, very unwieldy, very difficult to work with. I'm curious to see if um, there could be some third-party uh, entities, kind of a, 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 a good Rx sort of model, um, uh, but for healthcare services uh, obtained at, at hospitals and, and elsewhere, uh, that, that could serve as a guide to consumers. Uh, that that that's a little more speculative, but I think I think the people who originally uh, envisioned. Uh, the Price Transparency Initiative ultimately hoped that this would go in a consumer-friendly direction. And so that's, that's interesting as well to watch that unfold.
0: Yes, well, uh, we have only seen the beginning, and uh, it's uh, great to think about what the potential is here and to not mistake the short-term uh, lack of usability with the potential for long-term applications far beyond what we have today. Uh, Dr. Lasasso, thank you for being an early one to dig into these new data and to help us make sense of them, to uh, deepen our understanding of how these markets work and for being my guest today on Health Policy.
1: My pleasure. Thanks very much, Al.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you'll tell a friend about the Health Policy.